is bringing the heat. The speaker tonight, Pastor Victor Harris, wasn't always Pastor Victor Harris. He's a 2006 graduate of The Mountain through Long Island Teen Challenge for induction. After he graduated The Mountain, he decided to do an internship, and I believe you were the driver for Long Island Teen Challenge, weren't you? The appointment driver. When I got there in 2008, he was the program supervisor, <laughs> the intake director, and the academic dean all at once. So this man did my intake. Pastor Victor Harris, I sat in a chair in front of him as he told me that the program was a year long. And I said, there's no way I could do a year. And I walk outside with my uncle. And he's like, what's going on? I says, I, I don't need a year. I'm good. I, I, don't, I don't need to be in this ministry for a year. I need a month or two, and I'm good to go. My uncle's like, well, why don't you give it a shot? And I said, well, that's a long time. He's like, listen. And he knew I was a prideful little man. He said, he's, he said, you're smart. You'll graduate early. And I said, you're right, I will. I'll finish early. That's what I'll do. And that was almost 12 years ago. So anyway, I'm still trying to graduate from this ministry. But Pastor Victor Harris did my intake. He also taught the classes and poured into my life and many other people's lives. He became a mentor to me and a pastor. Now he's still a mentor and a pastor, but a friend also. He's a faithful man of God. He's uh, married to Janine, and they have a beautiful young teenage now, right? Is she teenage yet? 14. 14, Jillian, wonderful young lady. They, uh, they direct the ministry in Albany together. He is the director of Albany Teen Challenge. So why don't you give a round of applause for our speaker for the night, Pastor Victor Harris. Amen. Holy mackerel. You know, Pastor Paul, I remember that time. I remember camp champion of that year, and um, so it was at camp champ that year where I had the dubious task of informing Pastor Paul that his father had passed. And we spoke and uh, wasn't sure because he was only a couple of months into the ministry and wasn't sure whether that was going to be the thing that he used to take him out. But as you see tonight, he allowed that to be a springboard and a platform to launch him into the trajectory that God has ordained for his life. And so we serve a good God. I said, we serve a good Amen. God. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, he's worthy. Come on. So I won't keep you long, but if you would please turn with me to the book of the beginnings. 
Genesis chapter 18, and we're going to read verses 10 through 14. And when you get there, please stand for the reading of the word of God. We stand in honor and in reverence of the word of the living God. Hallelujah. And so thus declares the word of the Lord. The Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent door behind him, and now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in years. And the way of a woman had ceased to be with Sarah. So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, after I am worn out and my Lord is old, shall I have pleasure? And the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you about this time next year, and Sarah shall have a son. Father, we're just so grateful and thankful to you, for you, for the work that you continue to do in the lives of your people. God, and I'm asking you once again, Lord, please set me aside. God, and I'm praying that you would speak truth to the hearts of your children. God, I'm asking, and I know, Lord, no one needs to hear from me. But, God, we all need to hear a word from you. And so I'm believing, God, that you would do what only you can do, which is change the disposition of our hearts. God, I'm believing that when we leave this building, God, we would not be the same as when we entered it. God, that we would be greater reflections of Jesus Christ. And so, God, I ask this and all things in the mighty name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. and amen. And you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. And so the title of my thought tonight is At the Appointed Time. At the Appointed Time. And so, you know, I was in a conversation with a student the other day, and he was sitting in my office, and we were just kind of asking some questions about where he was and what was going on. But one thing that stood out to me, when we asked him how long he was in the ministry, he said, 22 days. It was like he had the time marked out, the second to the minute of how long he had been with us. And so when we look at time and, and and I know that in the busyness sometimes of what we have to do I'm sure that sometimes we think about man I know Frank you could say man I wish I had another hour I've got so much that I've got to do if I just had a little more time and so we need to know this though that God has given us 86,000 seconds or we can say 1,440 minutes in each and every day. But what I want you to know and what God wants you to know that at any time, during that time, God will intervene or intersect in your life. And when God intervenes in your life, he changes 
the very fabric of your being. When God interrupts your schedule, things are not the same. And so my prayer tonight would be, and how many of us would pray with me? God, intersect my life. God, I need you to disrupt my life. I need you to do something miraculous in my life. And so when we look at the text and we look at the life of Abraham and we consider what it is that God did, we can see how at the appointed time, God intervened. And so in Genesis chapter 12, we're introduced to Abraham. We see the call of God upon his life. And here's one thing that we need to know, saints. When God called Abraham, Abraham was not praying, asking God into his life. He was not seeking God. Abraham was a pagan. He was going about the things that pagans did. He was worshiping idols. He had no idea that God was going to do something in his life. But at the appointed time, when God knew that the timing was right, God called Abraham, and he was obedient to the call of God. I also like, and we look at Acts chapter 9, and we see the call of the apostle Paul. And we know where he was at that time when he was on the Damascus Road, Paul was headed to persecute Christians. He was a religious man. We know that he was a man who thought that he had some things together, and he was going to do what he believed that he was supposed to be doing. But on that road, at the appointed time, God intersected his life and his life was never the same. And when we read through the Gospels and we look at the apostles, we know time after time, Jesus comes on the scene. Again, they weren't pursuing God. They weren't in a synagogue praying and worshiping. They were out fishing or they were collecting taxes. And what happens? Jesus intersects their lives and says two simple words, follow me. And they answer the call of God and their lives were never the same because God intervened into their lives at the appointed time. See, when we look at those, those are those Kairos moments. See, when the Bible talks about time, there's two Greek words that are used that we translate time. One is chronos. That's where we get our word chronology. When you guys look at dates and times, that's that chronos time. But how many of us want to have a kairos moment with God? When you have a kairos moment with God, those are those moments where when you're reading through the Gospel of Mark and you see words like immediately, or suddenly. That means that God has stepped into your life, has stepped into the time of your life to transform your life in such a way to glorify himself through your circumstance and your situation. You see, saints, it's those 
Kairos moments when these two young men were up here testifying about how drugs had gripped their lives and that they were in bondage to the sin of addiction. But at the appointed time, they had an encounter with Jesus Christ and God flipped their lives upside down through the ministry of Brooklyn Adult and Teen Challenge. That's a Kairos moment. And so when we look at those things that God does. See, when God is ready to intervene in your life, he's going to do something that's outside of the norm. You'll be going about your normal business, your normal circumstances, and when God is ready at the appointed time to meet you, you might be praying. You might not be praying. But when God is ready to do something in your life, it's going to be unmistakable and undeniable. The revelation of Jesus Christ, when he impacts your life, you have no other choice but to change. And so we need to know that it's God's desire in each and every one of our lives. Saints, God wants to do something extraordinary in your life tonight. Just be ready. For those of you who are watching us via live stream, believe it. God has called you to a place in him where he desires to flip your script so that you can bear witness of him and what he has done in your life. So remember, when we look back at the life of Abraham, God spoke a word to his life. He told them that he was going to make his name great amongst nations. How many of you have heard a promise from God that you're waiting on? That you know that God has declared he's going to do something in your life. Saints, wait for that Kairos moment. Don't allow circumstances and situations to take you off the path which God has ordained you. And know that God is going to accomplish that which he has purposed in your life. See, when God spoke that word to Abraham, we know that today we call Abraham the father of our faith because he was faithful in believing God. Even though his circumstances said one thing, he believed the God of his circumstance, and God was able to accomplish that which he purposed in him. See, when we fast forward and God has told them these things, and when you get to chapter 15 in the book of Genesis, God has to remind him because God promised him two things. He promised him that he would make him a great people and he would provide him with the land. The problem was that God was telling him he was going to do this, but Abraham didn't have any children. There was no legacy. He couldn't see how God was going to accomplish what he had declared over his life. How many of us have been in a situation where God has promised you in the midst of something and you look at it and you can't see how God, God, how are you going to do this? I can't see how you're going to make this happen in my life. I can tell you this. And Pastor Paul, you might remember this. And Pastor Wilt, man, I've been around a long time. I've seen both of you guys come into the program. I remember Pastor Will when he had just graduated from Bible college and he came to Long Island Teen Challenge. And then he left and he met his bride and then he came back to Brooklyn Teen Challenge. 
Man, we've been around a long time together, brother. <laughs> Praise God. And see, when all of that was going on, personally, what was going on with me, I, I, I was an older man. I'm in the ministry. I can see God doing some things in my life. And I'm reading the word, and I look at, you know, I'm a big proponent of looking at Genesis chapter 2 when it comes to relationship. And so I'm like, God, I would like companionship. I'm watching this guy get married. I watch this guy get married. And I'm like, God, what about me? <laughs> you know, it's like five years in the ministry, six years in the ministry. I'm praying. I'm asking God for companionship. Because how many of us know the word says it's not good for man to be alone? Eight years are going by, and I know there's probably was some people who were asking some questions in their mind. What's wrong with this guy? You know, I was a single guy, no children. I didn't have that kind of baggage. But I can say this, that when I got to a place where I gave it to God and stopped praying for a wife and just said, God, if this is what you have for me, then I know that your grace will sustain and keep me single. It was then that God introduced me to my wife. See, because there are some times when God has to get our hearts right and get our minds right before he can give us what he has for us. See, we got to remember that it will be at the appointed time, not when I want it to come, but when God knows that I'm ready to receive that which he desires to give me. God is not slack concerning his promises. And so I encourage you, those promises that God has made to you, wait upon God. Don't stick your hand in it. Because I know what happens <laughs> when we don't wait. If I don't wait for him to fulfill his plan and purpose in my life, things don't work out well. And we can look at the life of Abraham and we know what happened with them. There they are. The promise comes. And so what do they do? They try to take matters into their own hands. And the result was no peace, no joy, no fulfillment. And they were now saddled with a defiant, spirited woman named Hagar. See, saints, when we try to fulfill the promises of God in our lives, I birth Ishmael. know if I don't know about you but I don't need Ishmael's in my life that wild donkey of a man if we engage and we allow God to fulfill that which he has purposed then we have encounters with the son of God it's then that we will experience the peace that God desires for each and every one of us. And so we know and we can see that God is more than able to do the impossible. Here you have Abraham, he's 100 years old. You have Sarah, she's 90 years old. In the natural, 
it would seem impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And so this is part of the mission of the ministry that we're in. When I, I can remember, and Frankie, you remember that, when I was a student in the program. Been a long time with you too. He was my leader when I was a student in the program. And this ministry, this is a ministry that takes what the world would consider to be a throwaway. What the world would consider would not be useful. God uses this as a platform to transform lives at the appointed time. The world would tell us that once an addict, always an addict. But I'm here to tell you that we serve a God who is more than able to take your tragedy and turn it for his triumph. We serve a God who is more than able to take your burden and turn it into your blessing. We serve a God who is more than able to take your misery and shape it into his masterpiece. We serve a God who does not fail. We serve a God who does not lie. We serve a God who doesn't have a plan B. God does not make junk. We need to know that God's word will accomplish that which he has purposed. It will not return to him void. His plan for your life is perfect and would accomplish all that he wills to do in your life and through your life. He is your everlasting father, and we serve a God who does the miraculous. You need to know that God is faithful, that God is committed to that which he has promised you, and he will fulfill that which he has declared over your life. And it will happen at the appointed time, and in the appointed season that he has ordained for your life, just like he did for Sarah and Abraham, he will do the same for you. Not because of who they were, not because of who you are, but because of who he is. Amen? Amen. Remember, God spoke this word is anything too hard for the Lord. It may seem hard for me, but for God, it's chump change. Remember that he works in us to will and to do for his good pleasure. It may seem uncomfortable for you, but in the end, God will always be vindicated and he will always be glorified. Remember that we serve a God who is faithful to his word and you can stand fast and true. Listen, there are things that God has promised each and every one of us. And some of the things that we know that God has promised, we need to know that some of those things we may not see until we get home to glory. But they will be fulfilled. We can trust him because he's a good God. I can remember those times and those seasons. And Paul, you met my grandmother, faithful woman of God. What an example 
of a persistent woman in prayer. She prayed for me from the time that I was in my mother's womb. It was 35 years before she began to see any of the fruit of the labor of her prayer, but she never gave up. She believed God in the midst of it. God made a promise that he was going to save her family, and she believed God. So I'm asking you, what has God promised you that you need to say, stay persistent in the pursuit of the promise of God for your life in knowing just because you can't see it right now doesn't mean that God is not going to fulfill that which he's promised you. There's some things that God had to do to shape my heart. I remember seeing this man of God as God shaped him to become who he is today as the director of this ministry, as a husband and as a father. There's some shaping and molding that has to go on in the depths of each and every one of our hearts so that God, when he gives that which he has purposed you, he knows that you will take it and glorify his name. Remember that the gifting and the calling of God upon your life is without repentance. God doesn't withhold or take that from you. But those of us who know about the ministry of Teen Challenge know this is a character-building ministry. Your gifts, if you operate in your giftings before the character is developed, we know what happens with that. We can run with things that God may have promised us before God has appointed the time for us to step into it, and that's when we birth Ishmael. But I can tell you, if you will be patient and allow God to guide you, especially for you students who are in this ministry, there is a reason why the ministry is the length that it is. When you're going through those hardships, remember what Paul said to us in the book of Romans. He said, I rejoice in suffering. Because suffering, it produces endurance. Endurance produces character, and character produces hope. There's a process that we have to go through in order to receive the abundance and the fullness of that which God has purposed so that we will be able to maintain that which he has given us all for the sake of the glory of his name. And so it will be at that appointed time you might get impatient, but I just want to encourage you tonight. Wait patiently for that which God has purposed. He's not a man that he should lie. His arms are not slack concerning you. And it will be at the pointed time that God will release the abundance and the fullness of all that he has promised you. And so I just want to share a quick few things about the fulfillment of the promises that God has established for each and every one of us. Number one, let's just believe God and take him at his word. Saints, God's word is true. And even when your circumstances are clamoring, that it's not. We have to know and stand firmly on the foundation 
of the truth of God's word. Listen, don't put a period where God put a comma. God speaks to us and he shared with us through the prophet Isaiah that his word that goes out of his mouth, it will not return to him void, but it will accomplish that which he has purposed. Your circumstances and situations may be screaming at you. Don't believe that. Believe me. That's a lie from the pit of hell. That's what the enemy wants to sow. He wants to sow doubt, just like he did in the garden. Did God really say? He's the father of lies. There's no truth in him. But if we wait patiently upon God, God will fulfill that which he has purposed. Number two, know that God's timing is right. How many of us know that we might be doing the right thing, but it's at the wrong time? If I'm not waiting upon the timing of God, then it's like being on a treadmill. I'm kind of like just spinning my wheels and wondering why nothing's happening. It's because I'm operating in presumption. And if I would just learn to wait patiently upon God and allow him to open the doors, then the path is sure. And when God does something, it sticks. See, we got to understand and know this, that when God is doing something in your life, God's vision for your life is a vision from the perspective of eternity. My vision is limited because here I am in linear time. But God, God lives outside of time. So when he's thinking about what, you know, sometimes I think, Pastor Winston, and, and I consider and I'm saying, man, just think about from the garden and Adam and Eve. And so God orchestrated all of these people, these men and these women to get together to have these children so that eventually my mother and my father would get together to have me. And then in all of my life circumstances, and sometimes I question God, like, because I came into Teen Challenge at 42 years old. And I was like, God, why couldn't you have gotten a hold of my heart when I was like 18? Why did I have to go through all of this stuff? Why did I have to go through an addiction and jail and all of the things? But when I sit and I read the word of God, you know, Paul says he's the father of all mercies who comforts us in any affliction so that we may comfort another with the comfort that we have received from him. And so that was a revelation for me that God allowed me to go through the circumstances and situations that I went through, not for my sake, but so that he would use me to impact somebody else's life so that I can empathize with their situation because I've already been there. And so you need to know 
there are some things that are going on right now, and it's not about you. It's all about God and how he desires to use you to impact somebody else's life at that appointed time. God is going to use you as a vessel to intercept someone's life. Lastly, this. Be patient and allow the power and the presence of God to manifest itself in your situation. Let's just not get ahead of ourselves. God said through the the prophet Habakkuk, and the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. What a powerful word in God sharing with us the truth that he is going to accomplish what he has purposed in each and every one of our lives. And so we need to learn to just stand firmly upon his truth. Allow God to do the work. I I read a Puritan writer and he said this. He said, listen, we need to pray like everything depends on God, but work like it depends upon us. What I need to do is I need to show up. If I show up, then God will show up. I need to present myself to him and be in a posture of my heart where I'm saying, God, use me. But this is something, Lord, that you're going to have to do. In the timing of God. And how many of us have been in a place where we're kind of like, God, okay, I'm here. You know, God, where are you? Listen, when we pray. Ask God. God hears you. God knows you. And God answers you. And so if we know that truth, I think what happens to us sometimes is we just don't like the answer that God has given us. Because sometimes God says, no. And even worse, sometimes God says, Push all of the craziness to the side for a minute. Allow God to make the way straight. Allow God to bring down the mountains in our life. Allow God to do the deep work that he desires to do in each and every one of our lives so that he can pour himself out through you to a lost and a broken world. Because ultimately it is God's desire to use you to glorify himself. But he's got to get some junk out of the way. He's got to clean out some of the baggage that we bring with us to him. And 
so if we will just allow God to do the work that he desires to do, all of the anticipation, the fullness of the desires that God has imparted to you, God will reveal them to you at the appointed time. You will see the manifestation of all that he desires to do. Will you want to come up?